You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good morning. It's Calgary Flames game day. They welcome the Los Angeles Kings to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome tonight. It's a big one in the standings as Calgary is four points out of that final wild card spot in the Western Conference, chasing down the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, to get a little look on the opponent tonight, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and joined by Hall of Fame broadcaster, voice of the Los Angeles Kings, Nick Nixon. How are we doing this morning, Nick? Uh, doing great, Patrick. Uh, good to be with you guys. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, 12 game point streak right now, franchise record. I feel like this team, they, they can play so many different ways. We just saw they played the 7 6 game against St. Louis. Obviously, not a game you want to play all the time, but they can play a defensive style of game. I think they're 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 probably the, one of the biggest chameleon teams, and that's a good way. That's a good way I'm describing them. They can play any way you want. Can you just explain the hockey of the Los Angeles Kings? Yeah, well, you know, throughout the season, uh, on the to-do list, the want list for, you know, the hockey ops people, it was a uh, left side defenseman with size, and throughout the course of the season. They've had to address the goaltending that really had been subpar since the start of the season. And they addressed both issues of the deadline with one trade with Columbus in acquiring Gavrikov, uh, and he's been paired with Matt Roy on the blue line. Mm -hmm. Gavrikov, 6'3", and, you know, he's a left-side defenseman, which the Kings uh, do not have a lot of in their organization. And they got Jonas Corposalo, who does have some NHL experience, over 200 games. Mm -hmm. And right now he's been complimenting uh, Phoenix Copley, who has to be one of the uh, feel-good stories in the league this year. He He's in the top 15, I think, in wins in the league, and he didn't join the Kings until December the yeah. 1st, uh, a record of, I think, 23-4. and four. Um, You know, so the goaltending has been solidified. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started the season with Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. And here they're going to go into the playoffs with two different goaltenders. That's very unusual for for any team. Yeah. But I think right now, right now with basically everybody healthy, because the other day Kevin Fiala and Sean Dersey came back off the injured list, uh, the Kings are a pretty deep team, and I think they're going to pose matchup problems in the playoffs for whoever they play because uh, they can put out three lines there that are – you know, certainly capable of, you know, being your best scoring line on any given night. Talk to me about that, that goaltending transition. You called a lot of John Quick's hockey, almost all of it, pretty yeah. much until Vegas. Uh, the, the transition from going from Quick to Peterson to two new goalies in Phoenix Copley and Jonas Corposalo, like, like you mentioned, like that's unheard of, and then have the team actually get better after they change those two yeah. out. Yeah, and, you know, Cal Peterson is still in the organization. Yep. He's been down in Ontario in the AHL for almost four months now, uh, and he's on the first year of a pretty good contract. Oh, yeah. uh, that's a three-year deal. So, um, you know, you'd like to think that he's still part of the big picture. Um, he's playing a lot down there, and we understand he's been playing pretty good. Uh, Corposalo's not signed after this year. They signed Copley to a one-year deal. But, yeah, very unusual. I mean, the, the Kings' save percentage had been near the bottom or at the bottom all season long. Quick was struggling. Uh, Cal Peterson was struggling. And they made the big shakeup in early December. And as it's turned out, uh, you know, 
Copley has just uh, won. He's just won mm-hmm. games. And you could make the argument that to this point, and, well, we're almost to the end of the season, obviously, but he could be the Kings' most valuable player this year with what he did to to kind of steady and, uh, you know, balance um, the, the, the goaltending, the position of mm-hmm. goaltending. And that's a good problem to have, two capable goalies heading into the postseason. I mean, Jonas Corposal, I'm just checking the stats right now, he's only loss was in a shootout since joining the Kings. So this is two yeah. solid keepers that you could roll with into a, into a first-round playoff series. Yeah, and, and that's the question that, that Todd, I'm sure, is going to be asked the next couple of weeks leading into the playoffs is which goalie does he play? Mm-hmm. Because he's been alternating the two uh, since Corposalo arrived uh, every other game. And, you know, if the Kings do play Edmonton, it may come down to uh, who's playing well against the Oilers because the Kings play the Oilers uh, Thursday and they play them at home next week. So I think each goaltender will get a start against Edmonton. But interesting, I mean, when was the last time we saw a coach alternate goaltenders in in the playoffs when both goalies were playing well? Hardly ever, right? So uh, he's got a decision to make. Uh, Corpus Allo only has, I think, eight NHL playoff games of experience. Mm-hmm. Copley has none. So it, it's not like one has the experience over the other. How has the John Quick trade? Obviously, it's been about a, almost a month now, and obviously that, that guy is going to have his number retired. He's probably going to have a statue outside of Crypto.com. Talk about just how the trade, how the reaction was in the fan base. Obviously, we heard the stories of him off the bu- heading to the bus in Winnipeg. He gets a call from Rob Blake, and there you go. Uh, but how's the yeah, fan base yeah. reacted uh, to to a guy like John Quick? And then potentially you might have to see him in a first-round matchup or maybe down the road, maybe in the second round. Yeah, and they might have to see him next week uh, yeah. in a battle for first place exactly. uh, when the Kings are in Vegas. Um, you know, the fans, you know, I was upset as a fan because here's a guy who won the two cups the Kings have won. Uh, he was the goaltender. He's got all the goalie records in franchise history. As a fan, I wanted him to retire as a king, much like Dustin Brown did after mm-hmm. after 18 seasons. And the fan reaction, I think, was similar. But now that they've seen the way the Kings have played since the trade and the addition and what Gavrikov has meant to the defense, and you mentioned Corpusalo's record, uh, points and five starts, I think the fans are saying, okay, uh, we're a better team. I can live with that. So... Uh, and it is a team that right now, I don't know who's, well, I know only one team in the league has played better statistically uh, since the All-Star break, and that's Vegas. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can't be upset with the direction the Kings are going heading into the postseason. Uh, Ke- moving over to the forward group, Kevin Fiala, he's, a, he's obviously a special talent. I think we knew what he was capable from his time in Minnesota. Despite missing a few games this year, he's still the Kings' leading scorer and off to an, and going to have another back-to-back 70-point season. Uh, speak to what, uh, what Kevin Fiala does to this offense. A great, uh, great distributor of the puck. Uh, great vision on the ice. Uh, the coaches and, and, and people you talk to, great edge work. Protects the puck very well. He's been a real key on one of our two power play units uh, this season, which is why our, our, our power play has been vastly improved over last season. Uh, and, and he's played everywhere. He's played up with Kopitar. He's uh, mm-hmm. playing with Dano. He did the other night. Played on the third line with Blake Lazat to give some balance to the scoring. So he's been a versatile performer, but he's given the Kings everything they had hoped for. Another guy uh, coming off first star of the week, Victor Arvidsson. This guy's hitting another gear right now, eh? 
He is. Uh, interesting because earlier this season we talked to Victor. I think we were in Vancouver in late November. Mm-hmm. Asked him how it was going because he had some uh, back issues and back surgery in the offseason. So he couldn't train. And two months into the season he was saying that, boy, I, I, I still got a ways to go to catch up to the rest of the league. And I would say probably since the All-Star break, he's back to where a player should be, uh, you know, that plays regularly in the NHL. Gets a ton of chances every night. Again, like Fiala, uh, helps fuel his power play unit. And now it's interesting because last week we were talking about, I think he went eight games, nine games without a goal, but he was getting four or five really good looks every night Mm -hmm. hitting post. We said it's a matter of time before they go in. And now he's got, what, I think six goals in his last five games. And, and, and he was the first star of the week uh, in the NHL. But, uh, and, and it's interesting because he'll probably play with Deneau and Fiala again tonight. And the other night, the Kings, you know, strange game, 13 goals, Kings win at 7-6. <laughs> but, but Fiala and Arvidsson seem to be looking for each other all night long and just making beautiful passes to each other for scoring opportunities, either on the power play or or five on five. So, you know, Arvidsson second year with the team, Fiala first year with the team and uh, what the Kings had hoped they would bring, they have both brought it. So it's been a real good, the the two players have been real good acquisitions. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, Talk about the longest serving King, the captain, Anzi Kopitar, this guy, he's he's going to go to the hall of fame. Uh, it feels like he's he's just it can, just the model of consistency with this guy, and I feel like you know like it was a fan base that you know they had Gretzky, and then for a while it was they're waiting. It, it was like not a lot, you know. It was Mike Camilleri, there's Rob Blake, of course, but nobody could really take over and be like a superstar. What does Anzi Kopitar mean to Kings fans when when they just see like they beside the stats, what he does, like what does Anzi Kopitar mean to that fan base in Los Angeles? Well, you know, to me, he's the greatest center in franchise history. And this is a franchise that's had Marcel Dion, Wayne Gretzky, Bernie Nichols, Butch Goring. Uh, And I say that because he plays a complete game. He always has. Uh, His numbers are very good, well over. I think he's now in the top 60 in scoring all time. Yeah, 1,133 points. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if, if he wasn't such a good defensive player, and responsible in his own end, he'd probably have closer to fourteen hundred points. Probably but a model of yeah, a model of consistency. Uh, and it's interesting; he's in his seventeenth season. In the last four or five years, I've said, well, when somebody other than Andre Kopitar leads the team in scoring, meaning young <laughs> kids come along and start to take over, the team will start going back in the right direction. Well, he's you know battling with Fiala for the scoring title again on the team, mm-hmm. uh, but. Yeah, he's just a, a horse out there. And I remember uh, right after we won the two cups uh, in 12 and 14, I talked to Daryl Sutter, who obviously mm-hmm. is still coaching in the league, and uh, he said he's the best center he's ever coached. So for Daryl to throw out those praises, uh, we all know Daryl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's a great compliment. And, uh, and like I said earlier, I think he's the, the best center the Kings have had in franchise history because – of his complete game. He's always number one in the face-off circle. He's won two Selkies. He's been a finalist a few other times. Leads the team in scoring, I think, 14 times out of 16 years. Wow. It's interesting because there's only one player in NHL history that has led his franchise more in scoring, and that is Gordie Howe, 
who led Detroit 17 times. So mm. pretty good company. Pretty yeah, right. good company for Andre Kopitar. Oh, I can't. He's one of my favorite players to watch, and uh, obviously, like just what he's done uh, with Los Angeles over these over this time has been really magical to watch. We're we're talking with Nick Nixon, uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster and the voice of the Los Angeles Kings on the LA Kings Radio Network. Uh, we'll talk about Daryl Sutter here. I know he was he's a very revered figure in Los Angeles. Obviously, the two Stanley Cups; those banners fly forever. But we've also talked about coaches reaching certain expiry dates. And I, I it's I don't know how much of the, the noise you've heard from down in Los Angeles from up here, but it, it's it's been a, a disjointed locker room at points this season. Did, did, did it feel as messy at the end of Daryl Sutter's tenure, or was it like, hey, we got the Cups, it's all right? Yeah, no, I, yeah, the Cups, you know, that's huge, obviously, yeah. especially when they're their first two in franchise history. I think uh, when, when Daryl left the Kings, it was a situation where uh, upper management wanted to play a certain way, mm-hmm. kind of transition their game. The Kings were a big, tough team to play against. Oh, yeah. The game was getting faster and quicker, and uh, Dean Lombardi at the time was the GM. And I, I think there was, you know, talk about being disjointed, I think there was a disagreement between the upper brass with the Kings organization and the GM and the coach as to what direction, how to play the game for the NHL today. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that they weren't on the same page, and that's why the Kings went a different direction and uh, brought in Rob Blake. Uh, and now uh, they brought in Todd McClellan uh, uh, after John Stevens had a couple of years mm-hmm. after Daryl. So uh, it's taken a while, but, uh, boy, the Kings are they're, uh, they're a solid team right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, what have you seen from this uh, Flames group? Obviously, Tyler Toffoli, a guy you called many of his early goals for in the yeah, midst yeah. midst of a, of a career year here in Calgary. Yeah, well, I remember when Tyler was drafted by the Kings, and uh, uh, everybody was telling us the scouts' uh, tremendous uh, offensive uh, insight, uh, knows to go where where on the ice to 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 you know be dangerous, to mm-hmm. be a scoring threat, and he's been that uh, since he's been in the NHL. Tremendous shot. And what uh, was uh, a young kid, he was a rookie uh, with, with Tanner Pearson. They both got recalled for the 2014 That 70s run. line. But, uh, yeah, that 70s line with Jeff Carter, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, but, but, you know, Tyler is a goal scorer. I mean, he's always had that knack. He's got, what, over 200 goals. I think his next goal yep. will be a career year for him. So, yeah, he's, he's – and, and, you know, I, I think – uh, he was in, in, in that group of players that the Kings had, like getting older, not necessarily with Toffoli, but Alec Martinez and some other players the Kings felt they had to move mm-hmm. to be younger, faster, and quicker. They got some draft picks in all of those trades. So, yeah, it wasn't that Toffoli wasn't scoring when he was in L.A. when he left. It's just that I think that was around the time that Daryl left and Dean Lombardi, the GM, left, and I think – they just felt they had to go into a different direction with the, the way they played the game. But good for Tyler. And, you know, he's still going to have, you know, a few more seasons of scoring 25, 30 goals because he's still only, what, 30, 31 years old. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, 30, exactly. He'll be 31 uh, next month, actually. So, yeah, he's uh, he's very revered by this fan base as well. They love Tyler to Foley. Uh, this Pacific Division race, man, it's interesting. It's neck and neck with this with the Golden Knights, and then there's still that that possible first round rematch with Edmonton. How do you like in like right now with the way this Pacific Division has gone? 
Yeah, well, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the, a big game next week in yep. Vegas, which uh, could be for first place. And, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Vegas and the Kings are also battling for the best record in the conference. So uh, that that's huge when it comes to home ice uh, throughout the conference playoff rounds. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tight because you look at the points, Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas, mm-hmm. and the top three in the Pacific, they're all within, like, what, five or six points. So everything's up for grabs. Uh, First-round matchup, the Kings did play Edmonton last year. It was a seven-game series. Yeah. Uh, so the Kings are familiar with them. Uh, an advantage, I think, the Kings will have going into a playoff round this year. Last year, Arvidsson was hurt, didn't play. Mm-hmm. Doughty was didn't play. Sean Walker was hurt, didn't play. They didn't have Gavrikov. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Fiala. So those are five pretty good players that are, are, are going to be in the playoffs for L.A. this season that weren't around for last year. So I, to be honest with you, Patrick, I, I think this is a team that could win a round or two mm-hmm. uh, and not surprise a lot of people because there is such parity at the top of the conference. No, I, I totally agree. The specific division is nuts. I, I think there's probably like five or six teams in this Western Conference that I could legit see representing them in the Stanley Cup. Which is is it was just crazy. It's, we love to see it for parity reasons. But like, do you think this? Like, obviously, I think obviously we said the defense. You're healthier. How does the how would the Kings approach a McDavid Drysaddle matchup again this time around? Seeing what McDavid is doing right now. Yeah. Well, number one is that Doughty will be on the dice yeah. on the ice when when McDavid's on the ice, and and the Kings didn't have that luxury last year. And, you know, they, they almost won the series. They lost game seven mm-hmm. uh, in Edmonton. So the Doughty factor and uh, being division rivals and Doughty's played McDavid a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he knows how to defend him. He's not going to shut him down. Nobody shuts him down. Let's face it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, he's going to get his share of, of, of points and goals. Mm-hmm. But uh, Doughty with Mikey Anderson are the number one pair. I'm assuming if the Kings play Edmonton, they'll be out there a lot against McDavid. Uh, and now with the addition of Gavrikov with Matt Roy, who is an under-the-radar, underrated oh, player. Yeah. He's an underrated defender in the NHL. Doesn't put up big points, but rarely hey. does he make mistakes. Good in your own end. That's what so, I want from a defenseman. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he can play the big minutes. Uh, it's interesting because since Gavrikov came on board, uh, that pair with Gavrikov and Roy, uh, they're around 20 minutes a night, and Doughty's minutes are down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Doughty usually plays 26, 27 minutes. He doesn't have to now because the Kings have that second pair that they can depend upon, and I, I know that Todd McClellan uh, would not feel too badly if, if a matchup was Gavrikov and Roy against another team's number one line because uh, because of Gavrikov's size and reach and defensive ability and 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 the attributes that Roy brings all the time. You're a recipient of the biggest award that our industry can go to for the, for a broadcast, the Foster Fehewitt Award in 2015, the third Kings broadcaster to get it. And you mentioned in the past that uh that you and Bob Miller had to approach the calls of the 2012 and 2014 finals differently. Obviously, the results played a played a big role in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bob and I worked together uh, for nine years Mm -hmm. uh, back when teams used to do simulcasts and very few games were on television. I think the first year I came to L.A., 
they only had 15 games the entire year on TV. And that was wow. like that for a lot of teams in the <laughs> NHL. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, things have changed. Uh, this is now my, what is it, 40, 42nd year with the Kings. Uh, I, I started doing games in the AHL pretty much when I got out of college in 1976. So, uh, you know, you know, talking fast has, has been what I've done basically my entire professional life. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a good run. Uh, it's been a good ride, and uh, I've enjoyed it, and hopefully we can continue it for a little while longer. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully, you know, for you guys, it's, uh, it's a good long spring, and uh, I know, like, uh, the Kings are a really fun group to watch. I've always enjoyed watching them this year especially. So uh, all the best this rest of the season, Nick, and uh, have a good call tonight, eh? Hey, thank you very much. Uh, great to talk with you, and uh, yeah, we'll see. It should be a, a fun playoffs, and may, who knows? Maybe the Flames get in. Yeah, who knows? They got uh, they got some work to do. Starts tonight uh, against L.A., but uh, maybe we'll see it down the road. All right, thank you very much. All right, there you go. There's uh, Nick Nixon, uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Los Angeles Kings over on the L.A. Radio, LA Kings Radio Network. He joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975, dine-in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Yes, uh, Flames and Kings tonight at the Dome, 7 o'clock puck drop right here on Sportsnet 96 of the Fan. Flames warm-up will start with Pat and Lubo at 6 right here on Sportsnet 960 of the Fan. The Jets, uh, they're in action as well. They're in San Jose. It's an 8.30 start for that one. Uh, they're four points up. Uh, with the same amount of games played. So uh, big one on the out-of-town scoreboard as well. Uh, around the corner, we'll uh, replay our conversation with Mike Fuda from earlier on, the former LA Kings executive and current NHL on Sportsnet analyst. We'll uh, break down what he's seen with this uh, with this uh, Calgary Flames group and what he's seen out of the LA Kings group as well. And uh, what are his expectations for one Matthew Coronado as he is now in the city, uh, expected to take uh uh, the practice this morning at morning skate around 1030 as well. I uh, don't think he'll get in the lineup, but uh, who knows? But Matthew Coronado, obviously here in Calgary. Now, uh, Mike Fuda around the corner here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.